This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. All right, this is Scott. And this is Rico. All right, Rico, do you want to talk about Iron Maiden's 2021 double album, Sinjutsu? Uh, Iron Maiden, yes. Yeah. It's their 16th album. 17, right? 16. Are my wiki notes wrong? I don't know. I think you're probably right. I think it's their 17th. Yeah. Um, I like it. And I guess that's a contrarian opinion. Um, from what I see online is that this album has uh, been met with some, eh, I guess, some spotty um, you know, reviews from fans. That's true. It gets flack. It does. People think it's, you know, droning. It's, man, all the, I don't know, what kind of stuff are they saying? I'm, I know I'm leaving a bunch of stuff out. But, yes, I've seen that people got a problem with this. I mean, if you look up, like, the all music aggregate, you know, the reviews are generally pretty favorable from, you know, all the websites that review records, you know, Blabbermouth, Metal Socks, whatever, Rolling Stone. But the fan response is kind of where things get interesting with Iron Maiden because <clears throat> Iron Maiden really since Bruce Dickinson 2.0 has been kind of a, a sore spot for a lot of the fans who were simply pining for the early iteration of Iron Maiden with, you know, short four minute kind of to the point rock metal songs, super um, high, the screaming kind of stuff. Yeah, man. I we actually, know what we're talking about. Aces high. For sure. Two minutes to midnight. Yeah. Number of the beast, you know, run to the hills, the trooper. All these songs are like, you know, die with your boots on. They fit within killers. I could go on and on. They fit within that three to four minute. Three to four minutes. You know, they've got, you know, they rock, you know, they're up they tempo. Do. They um, do. And, of course, they've got, you know, uh, Bruce Dickinson, the air raid siren, the soaring, sometimes operatic vocals, um, just great stuff. Steve Harris's trademark clankety-clank on the bass, you know. And but, there's none of that on Senjutsu. No. None We're of talking that. about a double album, dare I call it a dirge of mid-tempo uh, elder septuagenarian rock. One of the reasons why I like it, actually, <clears throat> because I feel like... I like this nice mid-range that Bruce Dickinson has put himself in for this album. He's, I mean, age certainly has 99% to do with it. And I think that he's done well with it because he's like, you know how, and I think the whole thing is kind of like this. You know how like when you're cooking the onion and it's and before you start cooking it it's kind of raw and it's super spicy and good in its own way but then when you cook it, it's a little caramelized sure they're caramelized on this album and i kind of like that yeah there is like a maturity to it a little bit yeah you know maiden can kind of be qualified in like these distinct kind of eras right you have the first lead singer paul diano he was on the first two records <clears throat> then Bruce Dickinson replaces him, and then you get the Dick Dickinson era 1.0. And then Bruce leaves to go solo. You get Blaze Bailey for a couple records. They don't do well. Bruce comes back, and now you're into the era right now. And that's this era where Maiden has, from the fan perspective, changed their sound. And 
you know, away from what we discussed earlier, these up-tempo, you know, new wave of British heavy metal rockers into like this mid-tempo, very long songs and all the albums with the exception of maybe the first one, uh, Brave New World, all the albums in the second iteration of the Bruce Dickinson era follow this kind of template of long nine-minute epic songs that are relentlessly mid-tempo and often even follow the same structure. Yep. Every song on this album has like this Phil Spector wall of sound thing going on. Everything is super huge and epic and giant. And it's like you want to put your foot on the rock of the mountain and stick your fist up in the air with every song that, yeah, it's not like that with the other stuff. And they, and they like stick to this formula mm-hmm. that, they've kind of repeat on this album and previous 2.0 era albums where it's this, and they all, not all, but you'll hear it again and again in the basic song structure where they start with like, I call it the lullaby and then the song kicks in. And at some point in the middle of the song, they go into the Renaissance fair section, this big long instrumental. Yes. That has, and then it tail and the songs all end with, a return to the lullaby, the lullaby, little the the quiet little synth at the end, or the they or do they it. open with the with the bird the, with the seagulls, <laughs> and then they close with the seagulls. Yeah, totally. They do it again and again and again on track. You listen to the A Matter of Life and Death record, which was the one that really garnered some criticism from fans. Many fans thought it was a masterpiece, but there are this there's this contingent, this vocal section of their fan base that feels like Maiden has changed to a place where they're not Iron Maiden anymore. They've adopted this uh, songwriting structure that they just kind of refuse to pivot off of and that it's made all these records really kind of samey and kind of boring and kind of overwritten. And that it's funny because even on YouTube, immediately fans started putting up fan edits of Senjutsu where they we're going in there and we're like, hey, this is our version where we fixed it. We we cut all the intros off and we adjusted the tempo up and, you know, we pitch shifted Bruce's vocals to make him sound more like he did in 1983. And well, it's just weird, right? That's because they're listening to it's, it's because of that. They're listening to Senjutsu in terms of Number of the Beast. You can't do that. What if you listen to, to put it in a different band's terms, what if you listened to roll the bones by rush or power windows in terms of caressive steel or in terms of fly by night or in terms of two totally different things going on there. Different eras. If I listened to hold your fire, for example, which is so different from hemispheres, I would hate it because you can't listen to one in terms of the other. And that's okay. If you listen to Senjutsu in terms of Senjutsu and just remember that it's Maiden and it's always going to be Maiden, but don't listen to it in terms of the other stuff, then you're, you'll you'll have a different perspective on it. I would even argue that they haven't even changed that much. And I don't really think, I think if you listen to Iron Maiden, the very first record, you know, came out, they were, they were the darlings of the new wave of British heavy metal. All the elements are in place on that first record. And it's there on the second record. It's there on Number of the Beast. It's there on Power Slave. And it's there on Sinjutsu. What makes Iron Maiden Iron Maiden, all those pieces, 
they're, they've been there the whole time. I don't even think the record is that it's radically not, it's different. Not, it's not. From everything else that they, they've done. Are, have they settled into this, this area where they just want to write longer songs? Yeah, but if you kind of understand where Bruce Dickinson and Steve Harris are coming from, these are dudes in their 70s who their favorite bands were Jethro Tull and Genesis and Deep Purple. They're, they're prog rock fans. They're into this stuff. So and, let's just, it, and like you said, when dudes turn 70, you just slow down a tad. Totally. Absolutely. And, I that actually, does, and I think, sorry, I didn't mean to argue, but when you get like that, if you play that card the right way, then you come up with like Shinjutsu, for example. It, it, total, it, it reeks of, of guys that are in their 70s, but that have played it well. Because like I said, this album is super caramelized versus some of the other stuff and it's not it's like you said it's not that different because i listened to this album a couple times recently this week again just to get caught up and then i went back today and i listened to a book of souls yeah not not very different well people say senjutsu is ass compared to book of souls book of souls is way better it's to your point. It's not that different because it's maiden, and it's so maiden that it stuff is still there, right? Yeah, that's actually yeah, and it's there on their first record. That's all. That's their DNA. But it's different enough. Yeah, it's different enough from all of the other stuff. Because I listened to Power Slave and number all, I listened to that stuff and I compared it to this because I have a different perspective on Maiden than you do. I haven't listened to every single album a hundred times. I appreciate Maiden. I've seen them live. I've listened to four of their albums, but I can tell you that this one is the same as the other ones, but it's different enough that it's outside of those people who are used to this super narrowly focused. Uh, of sound of my maiden there. It's, it's just outside of that box enough where people don't like it. And yeah. I completely disagree with that because for all of those reasons that it's outside of the box is why I like it actually. Yeah. I, I actually, I can, I can totally see that perspective and it's interesting because I actually, I actually like this record more than I do most of the 2.0 records. I, I, the only one that I really can't get into is The Final Frontier, and it took me a long time to warm to A Matter of Life and Death. I struggle with that record, but so many people championed it as being just a masterpiece that I thought I got to really put the time in to kind of give this record a shot. And it eventually did click with me, but I had to work to enjoy that record because it's it's a deep record. I mean, Iron Maiden is asking a lot of their fans. Their records now are... They're just giant Thanksgiving meals that you have to sit down and house. And it is work to get through these records. They're long. Yeah. The question is, though, if you're a fan of music, you know, you probably should be interested. And you're a fan of the band or that type of music. You should have some interest in putting in the work. Yeah. And this one's no different. It's, it's not. It's, it's it's like you said, it's a, it's a huge undertaking. It's a lot to bite off. It, yeah. it really is. But I think as opposed to the other Iron Maiden albums... I don't, I don't mind coming back to this one and putting the work in because you know I, I have a different perspective on it than like some of you guys who are like Maiden from the beginning. I'm I'm kind of late to the and Maiden has been kind of a fringy thing for me. Yep. So I don't I don't I think it's great. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't. I mean I don't mind biting this one off because when I listened to Book of Souls earlier today, 
I, I, honestly, I couldn't wait to turn it off because it was like a couple of days ago. I threw I threw Maiden on on uh, every one of their albums on Spotify. I threw on Shuffle, and it all sounded like it was one giant album to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which you know, I mean, there's some other bands. There's something to be. It's okay to be like that, though. There's other bands that had, that have done that. ACDC has made a whole a yep. big giant career out of doing that. Like they all have that Phil Rudd. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's it's okay from a certain perspective. Yep. So when I listen to Book of Souls and all the other stuff, I'm like, especially today, I'm like, man, I can't wait to get to Empire of the Clouds because I like that song and it's different enough from the other ones. Yep. Empire of the Clouds could have. That's more of a song that would be on Senjutsu. It's a good. That's a good observation. Yeah, yeah I agree. And yeah. so I knew, I knew there was a rain. There was a pot at the end of the rainbow, and <laughs> yeah. so I got to Empire of the Clouds. I'm like, okay, thanks. I'm good now. Yeah. But I don't feel like that with when I listen to Senjutsu. I. It's funny too because the fans really do love Book of Souls, and I did struggle with that one too. And it is a double album, and again, it's a lot. And it, it's funny because. You know, when you talk about bands that kind of do the same thing again and again, you know, obviously ACDC is always brought up, the Ramones, Slayer, we know we know the culprits, but Iron Maiden is never included in that. For whatever reason, everybody thinks of Iron Maiden as, they always attach them with like the prog label. They're not prog at all. I'm a know? big prog fan, as you know. Yeah. And there's, in my opinion, there's nothing proggy about Maiden. No. They are straight ass heavy metal. Yes, exactly. And it's <laughs> funny because proggy about they're that. never slotted into like, oh, they're like ACDC. Um, they're more like ACDC than people realize. Again, my contention is they've been doing, you're right, there are enough differences album to album and decade to decade, but the DNA has been in place with that band for 40 years and they basically, it's yeah. all there. You know, I knew when we were going to talk about this in this way, the other band that came to my mind right away was ACDC because they're both have such parallel from beginning to the end, so parallel with they've got their formula and they're sticking to their shit come hell or high water. Yeah. And that's what the fans want and that's what they're going to do and they're not going to come outside of that little narrow box that they're in. Well, I like, I, like what you, I like what you said there too about sticking with it come hell or high water because I do think there's an element of, I don't think these gentlemen are dumb. These are guys who are, I mean, Bruce Dickinson is a renaissance. The guy is he's a renaissance man. He's a fencer. He's a pilot. He's a writer. He's an actor. He's just funny he's a because Senjutsu sounds like it belongs in a renaissance fair. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with that. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But, you know, these are smart guys. And I think they know the criticisms that have been levied at them. And it's interesting because Steve Harris, it's his band. And the last three tracks on the record are... Um, Death, of, Death of the Celts, The Parchment, and Hell on Earth, all of them north of nine minutes, all of them follow that pattern that we discussed of lullaby, Renaissance Fair, lullaby, you know, all of them follow that pattern. And it can't be a coincidence that Steve Harris is like, it's like he's doubling down. He's like, are you guys saying that we just do the same shit every record? I'm going to give you three, even more. I'm going to give you three tracks in a row. <laughs> To close a double album that are all north of nine minutes, I'm going to write them all myself, and I'm going to make sure that they're almost carbon copies of one another. Yeah. So when you're listening to the record, if you listen to it not on shuffle or you just listen to it as an album, at yeah. the end, it's just like he's landing haymakers on oh, you. Oh, sure. He like is. oh. 
here it is again. You want- bluey, and it's like, <laughs> and then you just get all oh, the Renaissance Fair. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> here it comes more. And I'm giving you even yeah. more than you even thought you wanted. And just here comes another long, drawn out bass intro. Deal with it. You yeah, know, and it's yeah. like you're just like he's not going to not wow, do the this. Bass is playing dyads. Wow, what a. <laughs> What a stretch for Steve Harris, <laughs> and right? And he's doing it, and he does it again. And it's like, you got to realize you're writing almost the same part again yeah. for another song. You know, it's and funny. it's like, of course they know that. <laughs> of course. These guys have been in the they're biz. They're musicians. They've been in the biz for 40 years, man. They know what they're doing. It's just, so it's almost, and, and the funny thing is, is when I'm listening, here's the thing that's interesting to me about Sinjutsu is that I talked about how I had to work listening to Book of Souls, and I had to do a lot of work to listen to A Matter of Life and Death. This record that the fans say has fewer hooks than those records. I disagree completely. I actually find this record more accessible. And this record clicked with me faster than those others did that all fall under that. You're just doing the same, samey, same over and over again. For whatever reason, I found this record more accessible faster. I couldn't agree with you more. There was a lot of... Every one of these songs had some kind of cool little nuance that I really liked, like the opening song, Senjutsu, with the Japanese drums in yeah, the beginning. It's badass, yeah. man. Did you feel, I wanted to roll this by you, the beginning of the third song, Writing on the Wall. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a late 70s, like, bad company intro? It totally does, yeah. I it, love that. And it's really out And of, I love it because of that. And it's you one know, of those, You know what I'm talking about, right? Totally, yeah. yeah writing okay. on the wall. It's got yeah. that little feels-like It almost has, like, a southern kind of a feel yeah. to it. Yeah, which is kind of outside the box for them. But it but right. it quickly settles into a Maiden song at some point. You sure. Know, and it just becomes everything else that they do. No doubt. But actually, I think, I think the record kind of... I love the way the record is sequenced, you know, with Sinjutsu, then in Mr. Tigo and writing on the wall. I love that. I think the album starts really strong. I think it kind of sags in the middle and then finishes really strong. But I think, but when I'm, but even when like some of the I songs think that's in by the, design, really. And, yeah, I'll, and I'll tell you why when you're, done, when, when, when you're done. But some of the songs in the middle, like even when like the one that didn't click on me immediately was the one you talked about with the Seagulls, Darkest Hour. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the Time Machine, yeah. which is kind of like the real super, they always have a real nerdy track on every record. And that's mm-hmm. the real nerdy one. If you read the lyrics, they're kind of embarrassing. <laughs> and, but but what's funny is that when I hear those songs, I'm like, at first, I'm like, eh, do I really want to listen to this? But once it gets going, it's like, okay, I'm in. And it's and like, you're that, okay with it. Yeah. And it's, it's the weirdest thing because like initially some of the songs are like in that, in that middle part of the record, it's like the, I'm just like, I'm not in, but then once the songs get going, I'm like really enjoying them. And yeah. so like, like that, like death of the Celts, for example, I can't wait till it gets to that instrumental in the middle. Yeah. I can't wait. It's super like, it's super Ireland like ish, dude. When I listen to that middle part where (laughs) I feel like I want to turn, I'm like, I'm watching Michael Flatley do a river dance in front of me. (laughs) Like, it's so cool. Like I'm, if I listen to that song a thousand times and I'm like, Oh, here's the beginning of death of the Celts. I know I'm going to be super happy when I get to that part. Yeah, and you're so always, I'm willing to sit through it. Yeah, and you're always kind of a little bored at the beginning. Like, do I really want to go on this ride? Then once you kind of just let it do its thing, then you're like, okay, I'm here for it. Bring it on. Let's, let's absolutely let's do the. I feel the same. Let's like, do the river dance thing. Like the yeah. parchment. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, it's probably my favorite track on. The and record. mine too, yeah. which I thought was yeah. cool when you said before that it was your favorite, and I'm I was was surprised actually because we both have the same one and when it's funny just like what you said when the first time that i listened to that 
the the, the big instrumental at, at just the same time as all the other songs. Yeah, because they're all structured the same as one another. That's right. Yeah. So when we got to that part, the first time I listened to it, I'm like, man, this is kind of long. Like, if they could just drop one section out, I'd probably be okay with that, and it would be better. Yeah. But every time I listened to it, from like after that, every time in my mind that section got shorter and shorter. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. So it didn't feel as long the other times that I listened to it, which for me is saying a lot because sometimes I have an issue where I have an issue going back to stuff and repeat. Like I have trouble watching movies a second time sometimes. Yeah. But like I've done this album like seven or eight times and I enjoyed it every single time for that stuff. It was just different enough from the other stuff that it just kind of tickled my fancy and I was good with it. The lead work, I got to give props to oh my the, God, the three players. I think the lead, so glad you brought the lead guitar the solos um, from uh, Adrian Smith and Murray and Yannick Gers are just terrific in this one. And I love the tone of them. You can hear the strats. You know, you can hear yes. that, that quack. You can hear them on the neck pickup. And it's just like they, they have that tone. And they're just, the lead playing is really, really good on this record. I thought the lead work was great on this album. I guess... Like, before we wrap, there's just one other topic. You know, these guys, this could be their last. I mean, we say that. I think I thought this with Book of Souls. They were getting up there, and Bruce had just had cancer. But these guys are getting older now. And it's like, you know, do you want them just to, you know, you brought up Rush. You know, we're never getting another Rush record, you know. And it's like, we're, we got another Iron Maiden record, you know. And it sounds, it still sounds, yeah, there are differences, but it still sounds like Iron Maiden to me. And I'd rather take this record that I sincerely enjoy. It's not like I'm, you know, just taking this record because I'm just happy this this band I've always loved is still putting out music. But it's like, do you want them just to go away because they're not putting out records like they did in 1980? I mean, the reality is they're not 20, you know? Do you want them just to go away or are you happy taking what they're giving you at this point in their life, which to your point sounds caramelized and aged. It sounds age appropriate actually for, for where they're at in life. You know, I'm, I'm happy if they gave it super this record or smoky another one and, like it. and mature and aged and caramel. And I like it because of all that stuff. Yeah. Am I pissed because Getty Lee can't sing 2112 in the original key? No. Yeah, I mean, no. How could he, right? How could he? Yeah. Come to terms with that. Take it for what it is. Listen to Senjutsu in terms of Senjutsu and not in terms of Power Slave, because it's not. And let that go. We had 1985. It was amazing. Power Slave was amazing. But, you know, it's it's X number of years later, right? So... you know, just be happy these guys are still doing it. They obviously still have creative things that they want to say. I mean, yeah. this is not a record that they just slap. If you listen to this record, it's obvious this was not slapped together. This is a thoughtful record. Which is funny yeah. because they did this on hiatus from a tour. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that clearly they took their time and were meticulous about this because they did it on hiatus in between tours. So That's I thought that was even more amazing. But yeah. listen, if you want... A super cohesive album. In fact, I think this album, I'm going to throw this out at you. You've watched The Wrecking Crew. You know how yep. Brian Wilson felt about Rubber Soul, right? And we, yes, when we're going to talk about those things later on. But I feel like this album is cohesive like Rubber Soul. It's it, This album is super thematic, bordering on concept album. Not quite, though. Super thematic, 
super cohesive in my opinion. That's one of the reasons I love it because every song in the order that it is, feels like it's supposed to fit that way. That's a great point. It really does have like a consistent tone through it, you know, without, you know, every song sounding, every song, and don't take that to mean like every song sounds like the one before it. I mean, the tone of the record isn't like, all over the place. There's just a consistent right thematic kind of tone to it that that fits. Cuz there's some really great albums where there's one or two songs that, that take just you off the that journey. just feel yep. like they don't fit and this yep. album is not one of them in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's strong, man. All right, and I love the album artwork. I guess that's what I would close with is I think they knocked the packaging out of the park. I mean, it's just we've seen many iterations of Eddie and you know, some not so great again, final frontier. It's a pretty lame album cover, but I love the artwork. The artwork's great. They made it look so cool. I love the little, the YouTube videos with the flags waving. Those are they, so awesome. Everything they did surrounding kind of the presentation of it. The um, packaging is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, quote fingers packaging, yeah. not just the packaging. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Just uh, the digital presentation of it, the way they kind of rolled it out and mm-hmm. just the way the whole thing looks and feels is, is rad. I mean, it just looks really, yeah. really cool. So, so, so please, please do yourself a favor and listen to this with the right ears yep all right guys thank you later let me have that special rock and roll music yeah let me tell you so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide get it out of your house throw it out and burn it it has no place in the house of the righteous you guys it was like a mistake there's no mistake anymore Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>